Welcome to ContenderCast, a global leadership and consumer industries entrepreneurship podcast centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now, here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for listening. Thanks to me. Thanks for downloading. It's Justin Hahnemann on the ContenderCast. We're shining a light on bright ideas today in the food space. You guys are going to love this very proper good business. I know I just made a little bit of joke because the company on today's podcast is proper good on the podcast is a co-founder, Chris Jane. He is incredible. And this company is incredible. I actually have some of their product and I love it. Um, I can't wait to unpack this business with you today. I'm so excited. Chris, it's so great to have you on the podcast. Wonderful. Thanks for having me. It's so great having you here. I couldn't wait. Um, I have to thank Amanda, your PR person, for helping get this set up. She is amazing. Um, and again, like I just the prep for today was awesome, and I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, let's do this. For those who don't know Proper Good, share a little bit of your background, and then we'll get to the business. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So start, start with the background. Yeah, let's, let's, or... let's okay. talk about your background. What did you do before starting the business? Yeah, so the, the long winding road is uh, I grew up in the UK, studied uh, finance and banking in London, but did not fancy going into that whole world. So I, uh, I moved to Bozeman, Montana about 10 years ago, and we started our first food brand. So the first food brand was called Montana Mex. There were, were five of us that started that, and that was more in this kind of, you know, grocery store distributor world, whereas most things proper good are direct to consumer. And, and I did that for about five years around that company. Um, wow. I then left that and went to do my MBA, did that for two years at Stanford. And during that, just realized, honestly, I love natural foods. I Absolutely. love consumer packaged goods. I love everything about it. Um, so yeah, we kind of took all the key learnings from the first business, obviously, and then turned that into what is now proper good. Wow. So that's that was very succinct and I love it. Um, so did you, <laughs> but when you start Started Montana Max was, was was you already wanting to be in the food business or was this like hey guys we got an idea why don't we try this out what did that look like yeah no it's an interesting one so it's as grassroots as you could possibly get right so we at the time you know, it was six seven years ago now there was a lot of money being spent on organic vegetables and things like that but there weren't many good condiments right at the time it was mostly corn syrup laden kind of things like sure. that so we basically said that let's make some very clean label you know organic non-gmo condiments that's sauces spices things like that and we quite literally rented a local kitchen started making things at 6 a.m and selling them at the farmer's market at 8 a.m and we, we did that you know from that very grassroots farmer's market then local stores then statewide stores and national stores and wow. you know as kind of that that totally. kind of funnel process yeah i saw you guys got to over a thousand grocery stores amazing um yeah. so talk about how you decided to start proper good what was the idea here and um, what were the first things you had to do to get it launched yeah, sure. So the, the very quick overview is, you know, I was doing keto for a while. I was doing plant-based diets for a while. I really like experimenting with all this kind of stuff. And there was a ton of snack options available. You know, you want a quick bar on the go or, or a good shake or something like that. Loads of options available. But in terms of meals, there was really nothing, right? I want a 90-second breakfast or a 90-second lunch. There really wasn't anything in terms of an actual meal. So that's where we started. Like, could we make 90-second shelf stables? so you don't need a fridge, and you can take it to work, you can take it to the gym, a 90-second meal that fit a plant-based lifestyle or a gluten-free lifestyle or a keto lifestyle, initially for me, because um, that's what I was doing. <laughs> sure. But with the wide, wider insight, obviously, that there was uh, millions and millions of people in a, in a similar position that 
trying to eat healthy on the go is is just not easy. So no doubt. that's where we got started. And, you know, that was about 18 months ago now. So we're wow. still, still pretty early in yeah. the whole journey. I love it. Um, and so because you had done a food startup before, I'll call it, did it help to get this off the ground or, or was it just so different that you had to start more from scratch? Yeah. So the short answer is definitely yes. So I wrote quite literally a laundry list of like things that make food businesses hard, right? And obviously, right. You know, <laughs> Packaging, right? labeling, <laughs> um, yeah, buying a co-packer, oh, distribution, like all of those things. Exactly. All of that. And then you add to that, you know, the high minimums and bad, right. like long pay- payment terms oh, and, and things like totally. that. And suddenly food is like so fun because it's a, you know, it's a cool product. People love it. They touch it, they taste it, they review it, they share it. It's really fun, but it's a hard business, right? This this is like a lots of moving pieces. So we basically tried to come up with a a business model that we could take all the fun bits and try to reduce the strain. Right. So we're, we're almost a hundred percent from our website to start with. We use one format of packaging. We use one format of box, like very, very clean and simple just to get going. Yeah. I love that. And there's all kinds of great flavors, broccoli, cheddar, chicken, mushroom. I mean, just incredible. So, but you know, what's different here is you were doing spices, I'll call it before. And here you've, you know, you've got a mixed product, you know, a finished product that's kind of on the go eat, you know, edible. It's so, I love the idea behind it. Did you have to get help with figuring out formulations? Did you start with one, one concept to begin with? What did that look like? Yeah. So there's a, kind of said the initial idea was meals but as you kind of get into there's so many different formats of meals right meals are hard to make so many different ideas so we initially started with soup um the idea that you know soup is you can make a lot of different soups in a very similar way so we said you know let's get to market let's see if people like what we're doing do they like the price point do they like the packaging etc with a focus on soups and then we'll move into you know, chilies and oatmeals and, and things like that. So we really focused on soup initially. Um, to start with, my sister and I, co-founder, we literally started making it at home um, in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, how can we make bench top recipes? You know, as again, obviously as grassroots as you can imagine, your kitchen's full of scales and just messing around with recipes. Once we were happy, then we find you know a food scientist and a co-packer that could take that bench top idea and turn it obviously into a a commercially viable, a safe, and obviously USDA and so forth approved uh, recipe. Sure. So did you have to get help with that? Or did you already have that network from your previous company? You know, you talk about yeah, co-packers well, and commercial kitchens and even packaging design and, and whatnot. Sure. So it was all new people because the products were so different. But I, I guess I, I knew where to look and I knew the people that could point me in the right direction. Right. So it was mostly new partners, but I wasn't starting from a that awful kind of headspace of I have no idea right. what to do. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I have a feeling you would have figured it out. And you have. I mean, gosh, you've, you've progressed so quickly in 18 months. Um, I, so I mentioned some of the flavors earlier. Like I said, chicken noodle, broccoli, cheddar, meatball, minestrone. I mean, yum, butter squash. I'm butternut squash, chicken and mushroom. I mean, it's cool. You can buy these like all together in bundles and packs and all. Um, what, what was the first one? Was there a first one or was it at first couple? <laughs> yeah. So the, the red pepper is the only one. I, think I didn't mention that one. Red from, pepper yeah, and meatball. That, sorry. <laughs> what I didn't no, mention. That, that, <laughs> that was a funny story. So that one, literally, we made a benchtop recipe. We were like, this is great. Then the manufacturer helped us make a commercial version. We were like, this is great. It was literally a one hit, one hit. <laughs> oh my wonder. gosh. Nice. And it's, a, it's our bestseller now. So it's a, wow. one of those weird things that sometimes just falls into place. Um, but yeah, you're right. You can mix and match, subscription, buy it regularly. We we do a lot of, you know, text message purchase, email purchase, things like that. Wow. 
And then, so uh, once you got this to a place where it was commercially, I'll say, viable and ready to sell, um, how did you know it was going to work? I mean, in other words, did you do some testing with some friends, family, slash uh, a broader consumer audience, or what did it look like to be to begin with? Yeah. So one of the one of the key things I think in food and in general in consumer packaged goods is the minimums, right? So we totally. come up with a product and you're like, oh, I really like this product. Well, I can't fill a warehouse full of it. Right. I have no idea if everyone, everyone else actually right. likes this product. <laughs> totally. So so yeah. So we we were very lucky with the manufacturer we found and partnered with that they're willing to do small production runs initially. So we would make just a few thousand of an item, sample it, obviously friends and family and influencers and things like that, and really iterate and get feedback on it. So That's we. Awesome. Con- yeah, we continuously run very small production runs just to iterate live as opposed to, you know, fill, fill a warehouse with a year's worth of product or something. <laughs> sure. Yep. And did yeah. you have any early wins that gave you the, okay, I think we got something here? Like, when did you know this is beyond just a cool idea and a fun project? Yeah, so the reviews are without a doubt the way we kind of put, hold temperature on that, if you will. You know, it's a, the previous brand when we're selling mostly through distributors and retail, sure. you just don't really know what's happening, right? You, you sell it to a retailer, it goes on, say, at the shelf in Whole Foods. You get some purchase data in terms of like sales, but you really don't know are the same people buying it again? Exactly are they enjoying right. it? Like, exactly you don't know right. any of that. It's like third party. And, you know, Yep. Right, exactly. And 90% of our business was that. So it's just really hard to get an actual pulse on, on the enjoyment. Whereas the new business is proper good because we're almost 100% e-commerce. I mean, we have thousands and thousands of reviews now. And obviously from that, we can pull out word maps. We can literally, I've had hundreds of one-to-one emails with customers just asking them like, oh, you know, you'd actually like this a bit sweeter or is the sodium too high or too low? And like that sort of one-to-one mass feedback is just so hard to do if you're not on e-commerce. Yeah, no uh, doubt. Yeah. Now, you mentioned that you launched uh, this with your wife, which I think is awesome, Jen. Um, sister, how, actually. But, your sister, uh, yeah, sorry. We'll, we'll go, yeah. <laughs> Same last name, um, your sister. So how did that yep. work out? And do you guys divide up the work? Do you guys, you know, or do you do one thing and she does another? How does that work out? Yeah, so um, no, totally. You're, you're you're not the first to make that mistake, and you, and you won't and you totally. won't be the last on on one. Total sure. fail. Um, <laughs> no, all good, mate. All good. Um, no, so it's interesting. You know, I think the the key is, especially with a family member, we have very rigid definitions of what we do. You know, she's the most creative person. She handles all digital marketing, performance marketing, etc. And I'm very much on the other side, on the ops and finance side of the business, more more than she is. So. I think honestly, like having defined roles and keeping in your lane, but then knowing when you need to come together. Obviously, I would be there if she needs me, and and vice versa. I think you know if you try to be like co-CEOs, that really just doesn't work. Usually, obviously, there are situations it does work, but but more often than not, that can be challenging. So we have very defined roles within the well, company, which I think it just keeps it a little easier. And you guys had worked together on Montana Max, so I'm sure that made it easy to do this. Correct, and honestly, since since teenagers as well, we had all sorts of weird little bit, weird <laughs> little funny. businesses and things. So, so yeah, <laughs> and that's great. I love that. Okay, so where are you now? Obviously, selling direct to consumer. What about retail? Um, how do you think about that from a channel perspective? 
Yeah, so ch- channel mix is literally the one thing I think about all day, every day. I think, you know, we, we could build a sizable business online only, but the reality is what 80% of shopping still occurs in a physical environment. So we, we want to meet the consumer where they are. Um, the challenge, honestly, for me is just taking those learnings from the last business, right? The, you know, it can take six months to get into a store and then it can cost considerable amounts of money. So trying to, trying to budget that resource wise is really the biggest thing right now. But Definitely, I would say in 2022, we'll be hitting, you know, some of the natural retailers and some of the more boutique angles um, before we look at anything sort of mass retail. And do you have to then consider distribution at that point or like a, a different supply chain? I don't know how you're going to market now. I guess everything direct to consumer, but I mean, you get yep. to retailers, you're going to have to put in the distribution components as well, right? Totally. Yep. That whole game, right, of you know, broker networks, distributor networks, in-house sales team, the the whole shabam, which is honestly amazing from a potential point of view. There's just a lot of resources, obviously, to do all of that. Totally. So you mentioned Jen focuses on the marketing side of things as you're thinking about building the brand. What kinds of things are you guys doing to build awareness, get people to know who Proper Good is, besides this podcast, obviously? <laughs> yeah, besides this right. podcast. Exactly. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, as most young companies, it's a mixture of, of paid media is certainly a piece of that but honestly more than not it's just getting as scrappy as possible right we send out hundreds and hundreds of samples to people just because people love the food right most people who buy it and will review it positively and buy it again and and the same for when we send packages to influencers so we're we're very much just trying to get under this guise of get it as in many people's hands and homes as possible and that will you know help spread word and help spread repeat purchase so Getting thousands and thousands of samples out is is the core driver for awareness for us. And you you've done an interesting thing on your site uh, again, eproperGood.com. Um, in terms of the mix and match packs and whatnot, which I, I haven't seen as much from other um, startups, and I think I'm very intrigued by it. Tell me how you think about bundling and different packs together, and how people are are buying your product. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. We we do a enormous amount of website testing just because that's you know our sole. Um, sales channel really so yeah the build your own box initially was an experiment you know just of do people like this as a kind of a milestone thing you can unlock free shipping you can unlock gifts and things like that and honestly people really enjoy it right the the conversion rate is higher people really like getting the free gifts and mystery gifts and things like that so it's cool yeah no it's it's a really fun one honestly right you know it's obviously we sell a food product but it doesn't have to be a commodity right it can be a brand experience it can be a bit of fun as a shopping experience so yeah we really really are leaning into that more at the same time you know if you've never heard of us it may be easier for you to come and just buy the bestseller pack right you you don't want to have to think through everything have some sort of you know cognitive like oh my god there's 20 items i don't know which ones to pick (laughs) so you know we we, we tend to see you know a bestseller being a one-click easy one and then uh, a build your own box for for people who want to obviously get creative with it yeah i really like it and i think you've done a nice job of keeping your packaging sensible um and easy to it's very portable and whatnot um very very cool Um, okay, so I love to ask our guests uh, two or three of their biggest lessons learned from launching a business. You've done this now more than once. Um, maybe yeah. it can be lessons learned from the last brand or here you are 18 months in. What advice would you share with our audience as you've got a lot of entrepreneurs listening? I'd, I'd love to hear two or three things you'd share with them. Yeah, so it's a, it's a lovely question. This thing, I try and can distill this down. So I would say the number one is probably the least sexy of the things about the business, but it is cash flow, finance, logistics, things like that. I think especially in food and beverage, you know, we get so wrapped up in the brand and the flavors and all the fun stuff that is obviously just just really interesting and keeps you motivated. 
But honestly, like putting as much effort into supply chain, cash flow planning, logistics, as we do into brand and colors and marketing has proven really valuable for us, right? Because you, you can easily get into a situation where you, know, you have 12-week lead times or high right. minimums or, or totally. a terrible cash cycle. And you know, no matter how good your business is from a product point of view, those things can cripple your growth. So we, we put just as much time into planning all of that as we did into planning the brand and the products, honestly. Wow. Great advice. Um, which is super yeah, and the second <laughs> and second one, I, I would just say, you know, it's pretty of a standard one, but but product wins at the end of the day. And I think get, <laughs> getting so your, true. <laughs> you know, get, getting your ego out of the way. We've had plenty of times where I'm like, I think this is a good product. Should we sample it and launch it? And then it comes back like, I don't know, it's too bitter or it's not sweet enough. And but I think it was fine, but being <laughs> you know honest and humble enough to kind of swallow what I think and really go with consumer-led data, I think is is a key one for us. And as I said, that's kind of built into the way we do things. But yeah, there is it's very much a meritocracy, right? There is there is no no way that my view goes or Gen views goes. It is very much the best idea wins, and the and the general kind of consumer-led approach I think is is very strong. I love it. That's great um, and super helpful advice. Um, Chris, share with our audience where they can connect with you, where they can connect with Jen, how they can learn more about your product, where they can buy it today, where they might be able to buy it down the road. Please. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, as you so kindly plugged a couple of times, uh, eatpropergood.com is where you will find literally all the goodies right there. That's soups, that's chilies, that's bone broths, that's oatmeal, that's loads of cool things. All 90-second meals, super easy. Um, and then honestly, my email is on the website. It's literally just chris at eatpropergood.com. I love connecting with people. Give me as ruthless feedback as you can. We're, we're still young and we're still nimble. So um, yeah, that's where you can find both me and the products. Dude, and bone broth. Like, I, I mean, it's on fire. Yeah. I don't even... Like, six months ago, if you'd said bone broth, I would have been like, what? But I mean, it seems like <laughs> late, I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm just not in the loop. But man, the last couple of months, it feels like it keeps coming up. It's amazing. Uh, so funny you say that, 100% right. And like beef bone broth, it may sound like a weird thing for right. drink. But, but people don't, but don't know it. Right. Yeah, but, but genuinely, you have a few of those instead of tea and coffee a week. Like, oh, my gosh. This, it's, it makes you feel so much better, genuinely. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I've tried to put it into my routine. It's a good one. <laughs> Let's see. I'm going to not have my coffee. I'm going to have some bone broth this morning. Exactly. Exactly. Do it. Do it. I promise. Oh my God. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Hey, man, this is so cool. I'm excited for you guys. I mean, obviously, you're early days, but have such a great product and and a hot segment right now. You've got to come back on down the road and share with us more stories and um, and bring Jen along with you. And man, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I would absolutely love to. It's a pleasure. Thank you. The Contender Cast is sponsored by Henderson Shapiro Peck and powered by Contender Brands. You can download additional ContenderCast episodes directly via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Spotify, iHeartMedia, YouTube, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on the ContenderCast, connect with us at ContenderCast.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.